that time of the week again. That's right, it's Flat Out RC podcast time. The podcast where we talk all things radio control flight. We're talking radio control planes, helis and drones. My name's Andrew Sill coming to you from the land down under in Melbourne, Australia. Big shout out to everybody that's listening from around the world. Glad you're here. I'm all glad you're here, actually. Uh, final episode of the year. I normally take January off the podcast just to have a bit of a bit of a rest and not have the uh, the routine of the podcast of fresh in the mind. So this is it's it's becoming uh, a regular thing now every year where I do a year in review. And joining me once again is Fraser Briggs, the 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 funny man from New Zealand, who joined me for last year's year in review. I think it's going to become a regular thing because he's always good for a chat. So. Uh, stay tuned for my chat with Fraser, taking a look back at the year and how our years went, and of course, what I'm calling story time with Fraser. He's got a few more stories to tell us about some of his uh, aero modelling exploits. So before we get to that, let's have a look at the year in review. Let's have a look at the numbers. Well, I can't believe another year's gone, uh, and. A lot has happened. A lot has happened. Had a really personally, I had a really busy year. Uh, a lot of work. Um, had a good year working. Um, nice stable work. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I run a I run a marketing business. I've got my own marketing business, and so uh, yeah, been busy. Actually, I just got back from a trip in Malaysia. I went to shoot a video for a customer uh, in Malaysia and uh, near Kuala Lumpur, and that was uh, a good trip. Tiring, but good. Uh, and I'm back safely, ready for this final episode of the year. Now, what I normally do is I share some of the stats, and we 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 always culminate in the the top ten most listened uh, podcasts for the year. But um, the podcast grew this year. Uh, we were getting more people listening to it uh, throughout the year. Um, so our numbers this year compared to last year has all improved, which is good. Uh, thank you to all those people that are, are joining us. Actually, I got a message from um, Brett Oatley, who's been on the podcast, and he said he's just caught up because he came to the podcast only this year. Uh, but he, he, I think he's saying six months or seven months to get through every single episode, all the back episodes. And I sent him a message saying, well done, you've listened to me more than uh, my family has in the past uh, seven months. So uh, thanks to all those people who just found the podcast this year and gone back and listened to everything. Uh, so let's get into it. Uh We'll have a look at the top countries. Let's have a look at the top countries that listen to this podcast. Well, we had, let's do a countdown, shall we? We'll do from 10 down, right? Actually, no, we'll go back a bit. This is quite quite interesting, just to give you a bit of indication. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some of the indication of some of the, the countries that are, where people have listened. Maybe not too many people, but then I'll give you the top 10. So we've got people from Georgia, Portugal, Egypt, Thailand, Slovakia, Taiwan, Lithuania, Philippines, Finland, Hong Kong, Denmark, Pakistan, Ecuador, Mexico, Poland, Ukraine. Shout out to everyone in the Ukraine. Hope everything's going well there and you're safe. Israel, Ghana, Italy, Switzerland, Indonesia, Japan, India, Russian Federation, Argentina, Vietnam, Spain, Brazil, Republic of Korea, Guatemala, Cyprus. My mum's Cypriot. Uh, Chile, Ireland, Saudi Arabia, Netherlands, Czech Republic, Germany, Belgium, France, Sweden. Now let's go from the top 10. In 10th place, that's my uh, drums, uh, Colombia. Uh, Colombia uh, is in 10th place. And in 9th place, 
You ready for it? Kuwait. We can't be in the Middle East. Uh, eighth place, New Zealand. Yeah, it's another another state of Australia almost. Love our New Zealand cousins. That's why we've got Fraser Briggs on. Uh, United Kingdom in seventh. Canada in sixth. I think we got a few uh, a few extra listens this year from Canada due to guests coming having guests from um, Canada. South Africa has always been a strong uh, supporter. In fifth, Norway fourth. Now this is Singapore in third, and I'm disputing these numbers. Um, because it's a very high number of people listening in Singapore, and I don't think there's a lot of model flying happening in Singapore. Uh, I remember there was one week where there was a massive spike in um, listens in Singapore. I'm not sure why, but anyway. Uh, two United States, which has been very consistent, of course, number one in Australia. Uh, so well done to Australia, which sort of makes sense. It's a very Australian centric um podcast. But, uh, you know, the US a little bit way behind and then dribs uh, and drabs from the rest of the world. So, well done. How did people listen to it? Oh, look at this. A lot of people listen to it on SoundCloud. We had a lot of people on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. Uh, what are some other numbers I can share with you? Okay, so. Yeah, so all in all, the numbers were pretty good, but let's have a look at the tracks. Uh, the top 10 tracks, which is always a big one. And what I've noticed this year is, on average, the numbers have gone up uh, across the board. So, you know, a person that used to be in 50th place probably would have been in in, in 30th place last year. Um, but which, And it's a mixed bag uh, of people from, you know, uh, gliding to jets to just, you know, scale their own modelers, that kind of thing. But generally, the second half of the year, we saw a big spike, uh, and what what I found is there's a lot of people that are um, discovering the podcast, and so the longer the podcast has been around, generally they get better numbers. But you, you'll be surprised; some of these numbers are pretty good. So, let's go top ten. Drum roll, please. In tenth place, this is my favorite episode of the year. It's an episode where I learned a lot and still have this gentleman's ideas running through my head and that is flying lessons with michael timms flying lesson with michael timms it was episode 111 uh that was in 10th place the 10th most listened to podcast in 2022 it's a really good podcast that that's where um michael took us through you know how to land a plane take off plane all that kind of stuff but he explains it so well if you want to land a plane better go back and listen to episode 111 flying lesson with michael timms it's an awesome episode my personal favorite for the year uh in ninth place drum roll please mark tatty in love with a big jet episode 95 it was uh I keep on seeing Mark at all different things. Mark and I, it turns out, we're very similar. We've got very similar interests in life. I've seen him at the snow. I saw him at the Supercross event. So we just share the same kind of interests, and uh, he's a really good good uh, guy to boot. So, And he's got this massive Sukhoi, and we talked a lot about it. So that was episode 95, Mark Taddy in love with a big jet. Number eight, this is hilarious, this guy. Drum roll, please. Here we go. This guy here is a friend of mine. I speak to him every week. He's a member of my own flying club. Fun guy. Gavin Sexton, Surrounded by Planes, episode 88, uh, 576 listens. So actually, episode 88, does that last year or this year? I don't know. Some of these go back a bit. Uh, Gavin um, is a good guy. That was a bit of fun. 
so he, he, he fell into eighth place. Okay. Who else can we look at? So that was eighth. Now seventh place. Going down to Gippsland Way, Stephen Green enjoying RC episode 93 in seventh place. Good, another good guy, Stephen, over in the sales cl sale club. Um, yeah, flies a bit of everything, helis and you know, fixed wing, of course. Okay, let's keep on moving. Sixth place. Uh, gee, we've got a pattern guy. Phil Spence, the traveling aero modeler. He's been all over the place. It was episode 86. Uh in sixth place there, and Phil's an interesting guy. He, he literally is, you know, through his work, um, he had to travel a lot, and so he, his aero modeling followed him around. So go and have a listen to that. Okay, fifth place, drum roll. Kevin Chislett, cutting kits and building planes. It was a popular episode. By the way, the difference between seventh place and fourth place is like five listens, right? <laughs> These guys, it's very, very consistent. Kevin Chislett, cutting kits and building planes, episode 90. Kevin runs a business um, doing uh, laser cut kits and uh, does a good job at that. And uh, he came on to talk about that process and, and, and you know, his activities in aeromodeling. And he took out fifth place. So well done, Kevin. Uh, his dad's a member of my club. Kevin's a member of my club as well. Okay. Drum roll. Fourth place. A guy that we all love to uh, have on the podcast, he always performs well, uh, it was the 100th episode. Uh, and I invited this week's guest, Fraser Briggs, to come and tell us a few tales because people love hearing Fraser's stories because just a great, great storyteller and a little laugh. So um, Fraser came on and um, celebrated the 100th episode, which is a, a big milestone for me. I was really um, chuffed to get to 100 episodes. And Fraser came in and celebrated with me. And that was a lot of fun. So, well done. So, we're getting to the pointy end now. Third place. Drum roll, please. Again, very tight here at the top. You know, only uh, within 10, well, actually second and third are within one point, one listen different. Third place is John Carney, addicted to turbines. John has an infectious laugh. John has a massive passion for turbine jets and he's got a one of the biggest hangers of turbine jets going around. Uh, I can't remember how many turbine engines he said he he, uh, he owned, but something like 40, I think, or something like that. But anyway, so John came on, on uh, for episode 103, and um, a lot of people enjoyed that. He, it was a really fun episode. We laughed a lot. Oh, I really enjoyed that one. Okay, we're getting to the pointy end now. And again, there's only one one place difference between one one listen difference. This is, by the way, this is I'm recording this on a Sunday afternoon, and I know the episode the the episode will come out on a Wednesday. So no, forgive me if numbers slightly change. But number two most listened to podcast for the year, drumroll please, Damien Mould, the respected aero modeler, it was episode ninety six. Happened earlier in the year. Damien is one of those trusted voices in the hobby. Uh, not only did he have a career as a full time pilot flying helicopters and he flies um, fixed wing as well uh, but um, long time era modeler and really really knowledgeable guy has got some beautiful models so he came on and uh, a lot of people enjoyed that now we get to the number one position the most listened to podcast in the last 12 months the flat out rc podcast drumroll please now this person is a well-known figure in the australian hobby scene um he had a busy year, this guy. This guy had a really, really busy year with aero modeling. Well, generally, his life and his family's life does revolve around radio control flying, and it's none other than David Gall, 
A World of Aero Modeling, episode 92. Well done, David. David won by a little bit. There's probably 40 listens or something in, in, in that. But uh, but David on top. And, of course, David uh, was one of the organizers of the Festival of Aero Modeling, a, a new event, a big event, which is going to be back um, next year again. Uh, I think it was a five-day, something like a five-day event. It was, it's aiming to be like the, the Joe Nile of, um, of uh, Australia. So well done to David. A big year uh, he's had in aero modeling. Travelled around a lot uh, he has for his flying, visited a lot of events. So well done, David Gar, for taking out the most listened-to podcast episode in 2022. Congratulations. What else have I got to share with you? Not much. Um, personally, had a good year with the podcast. Uh, really maintained that weekly sort of thing and still going to keep on trying to do that uh, as long as I can. Uh, but uh, it was good. And and you know, just when you think I'm going to run out of gas, I managed to always find somebody else. And this year, I had a lot of people giving me a few tips of people to to invite on. And, um, and I really encourage that because it really it makes my life easier. Uh, and no matter where you are around the world, if there's someone that you know that might be a good guest, um, we want to hear their story, then then yell out. So things are going well with the podcast, uh, YouTube stuff. I did a few videos this year. Um, I had a well good performing video with the um, the Wang Jets event this year, and that was partially because I crashed a model plane. Um, but uh, anyway. We'll keep on rolling into 2023 and just keep the party going. So big thank you to all the guests that joined me this year uh, because without you, we don't have a show and nobody wants to sit and listen to my voice for an hour. Guest time, my favourite part of the podcast and no doubt yours. And uh, what I decided to do, and I'm going to do this every year, I think, is do a bit of a year in review and get someone to join me. And none other than Fraser Briggs, of course, because Fraser is just a hilarious guy to um, have a chat with. Uh, he really um, he, he really knows how to have fun and he loves his aero modelling. He's a very accomplished aero modeller. Uh, he's been on a couple of times already on, on the podcast and um, you know, he'll be back. Um, because I just enjoy having a chat with him. I know you do as well. So uh, what I did this year is I had a list of questions just to compare notes where, you know, there were different questions relating to aero modelling in our years and uh, Fraser would give an answer and I'd give an answer. So we went sort of to and fro. And then, uh, of course, at the end, you'll hear some story time with Fraser, some more stories from his tales of aero modelling as well. So let's get into it. Let's Let's wrap up the year with Fraser Briggs. It's our final episode of the Flat Out RC podcast for 2022. And who better to have than uh, one of our top-ranking guests, a guy that I love having a chat to, that always have a laugh with, that is Fraser Briggs. Welcome to the Year in Review episode. Well, how are you doing? It's good to be back. It seems like seems like it was only a month or so ago, but it was actually about this time last year when you called me. It could have been, and I was glad you answered because there was a bit of a long pause there, and I think I know where there's a long pause. Tell, tell us where you're currently sitting because we've actually got our cameras on and I can see Fraser. Where are you sitting? Paint the picture. Okay, so this time last year when you talked to me, it was absolutely chucking it down. But actually today uh, we've had, I mean, what is it? like? The, it's actually the 12th of December. This is obviously going to go live in another week or so, but 
The weather's just been absolutely diabolical. It's been rubbish for six weeks. But today, we've actually had a day of summer, um, like just beautiful 25, 26 degrees, not a breath of wind. Um, the first thing I did, <laughs> I didn't even bother walking into my office. I just got on the lawnmower and I, and I mowed the runway at home and I, and I, I flew, I probably did about two hours worth of work and, and I flew till it was going dark and I'm now sitting out on the patio. Um, it's starting to chill off a little bit. There's an awesome sunset happening out in the distance. I've got, I've got a little coffee table here with a, with a, with a big pitcher of beer that I've been just nibbling away at. I get a bit <laughs> concerned because you need to keep hydrated and, uh, you are. You showed me the, the the jug of beer that you've got sitting there that you're going to slowly work your way through. And of course, actually, Fraser sent me a message with a, a photo with a with beer in his hand. Was like, I'm ready. <laughs> so so we are ready. So what we're going to do, Fraser, is we're going to have a look at re- the year in review. That's you and I reviewing our years in aero modelling. Whole bunch of questions, and then at the end we'll have what I call story time with Fraser because I know that you've always got a pearl of a story to tell us. So. We'll hold that to the end. So first question is, how would you describe your year? Um, oh, well, uh, I, it's kind of been a bit of a topsy-turvy year, not too bad. I, I dodged COVID for a long time. I only had COVID about six weeks or two months ago. Um, but, yeah, no, pretty good, pretty good. Um, we had a um, really awesome summer flying season here in New Zealand. Um, I think we had like 10 or 11 competitions all around the North Island and only one of them was rained out on one of the days. So weather-wise, we did really well. Um, I was busy through the winter, um, busy bloody practicing pattern, you know, lawn darts. I've kind of <laughs> fallen back into this 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 mode of, of doing lots of F3A practice Um so, yeah, that's one of the things that we can talk about because that, that's kind of what I've been up to a little bit. Well, a lot, really. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm going to talk about my year as well. So we go tit for tat. My year, it was a busy year. I had a lot of work on my plate. I didn't get to fly as much as I wanted to, uh, but it was just it was just plain busy. I managed to get COVID. I got COVID in sort of the middle of the year, but I had a very, very mild case. I got it when I went to Las Vegas and came back with it, but... But yeah, it's just a busy year with juggling a lot of things. And uh, but good year for the podcast. It was very consistent with the podcast, uh, which was really good. And so and and the numbers kept on increasing as far as this. And so that that is really really positive. But that, yeah, just a busy year. Okay, aero modelling highlight. Um. Oh, well, I went over to the Aussie Masters and I and I placed third. I was pretty happy with that. People, I, I spent a shitload of time preparing and getting ready for that Aussie Masters, you know. I finished off my new biplane, practiced through the winter time with it. Oh, they had all sorts of dramas. There's some funny stories to tell there. And, you know, a few people asked me, you know, how do you think you're going to go? And I, th- I said, oh, look, if I'm getting on a bit now, you know. I'm, I'm knocking 50. Uh, if I make the top five, I'll be pretty happy. Anyway, as it happened, I... I finished up in third place. I was absolutely stoked with that. So that's got to be the highlight. I mean, the best thing was, you know, actually going to a competition. The first time any of us Kiwis have been overseas. Um, So, you know, a bunch of us went over to the Aussie Masters. It was up in top of New South Wales. 
We had a great time. The weather was nice and warm. You know, we left shitty weather to go there, but it was nice and warm. It was at a uh, little place called Casino. That's right. And where, um, the, where the world champs yeah. are going to be uh, next year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we had a, we had a good time. And, and you know what was a real bonus was uh, oh, having to drop this pretty early in the podcast, but we won the Trans Tasman. Oh, gee, how did you do that? <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, you know, and that's the second time that we've won it on Aussie soil. Oh, the Aussies were, oh, they were spewing when we, we that we won the Trans-Tasman. You know, the highlight of the, well, one of the highlights of the trip was we, we were flying back home and uh, we're checking out of Brisbane Airport. We've got our model boxes and we've got this big Trans-Tasman trophy. It's this big cup. I said, look, let's just carry it. Everywhere we go, let's just carry it. And I'll tell you what. If you want to get through an airport really easily, just carry a great big trophy because <laughs> everybody who sees this big trophy, oh, what's that? Oh, this is the Trans-Tasman Cup. You know, we've just won it. And, of course, Air New Zealand, they all come flocking in. They're all Australians, but they live in, in Brisbane. And anyway, so, yep, customs guys, wow, what's that? Oh, it's the Trans-Tasman Trophy. We're taking it home, you know. <laughs> anyway, so. We're, we're sitting in the airport lounge, you know, we've got half an hour to kill. And uh, so we, we're, we're having a few celebratory beers. I was there with uh, my mate Worms and the other mate Stinky. And uh, we're taking photos of us drinking beer out of the trophy and we're posting it to everybody in Australia that we know. Yeah. <laughs> Just rub it in. Just rub it in. Uh, well, that, that does sound like a big highlight. Does that mean that next year you're – uh, competing at the World Champs? Well, we haven't had a team trial yet. Our team trial is coming up. Uh, we have our nationals, um, our 75th nationals start on the 2nd of January. They run to the 6th of January. And in our nationals, we fly pattern, and that's our one and only team trial. So that'll select our, our three guys and our, and our junior. And, um, well, there's 10 guys have entered F3A like, man, uh, it's uh, – <laughs> and even one coming over from Australia who is a Kiwi, Stephen Johnson, he, um, oh, he's a good mate of mine. We used to fly a lot together, and he's been in Brisbane for a long time now. But, you know, he wants to fly on the Kiwi team, so he's actually coming over here for the trial. <laughs> ah, it's going to be awesome. Yeah, well, you know, it's the one that you want to be involved in because it's just across the ditch here, so uh, – it's not too bad, so that could be it. Now, my era modeling highlight, I don't have many highlights this year. I suppose going to some of the events that I went to and, and catching up with people, they were, they were big highlights for me because I didn't do a, a truckload of flying kind of thing, so they were big highlights. The podcast going you know, from strength to strength is really a good highlight for me as well, personal highlight. Uh, we cracked the 100-episode mark uh, early on, uh, which was good. Actually, I think you may have been involved in that 100-episode. I can't remember. Maybe. Yeah, I think I, I think I did the hundred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's move to the low lights. Aero modeling low light. Was there one? <laughs> well, I crashed into a fence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, the fence crashed into your plane. Actually, what it was was there was an air bubble, yeah, in my fuel tank. Yeah, big uh... air bubble. Yeah. Oh, I do. What, what a nightmare. So, you know, I'm out practicing. Um, I, I basically, I finished uh, an F3A biplane. I've been working on it through last winter. 
and um, and it's got a YS in it. You know, I'm still flying on Glow, and the weather had been absolute rubbish. And uh, all of a sudden, we we get like a a break in the weather. I mean, it was still really windy, but it wasn't raining. So I, I sneak out to the club strip, and and I, I'd been having a few problems with my ys now electric guys will be laughing at the moment you know mm. <laughs> what the, the, the funny thing is that you know it's called a ys and they reckon ys stands for why suffer <laughs> and uh sometimes you get into what we call ys hell and you start having all these problems when when the ys is running great life is good and you go out to the field and you just burn gallon after gallon and you come home, you don't have to charge up any batteries at all. You just grab some more fuel and, and you go flying the next day. So anyway, I'm out there and I'm flying and it's blowing a howling easterly. Anyway, when I get out to the club strip, um, I'm, I, I thought oh, I'll pull the electric fence down, but <laughs> I only pulled one end down. Anyway, so that's the end I'm going to land over, but the wind was going the other way and I hadn't quite clicked. Anyway, so I take off and I'm like, oh, shit. I've pulled the wrong end of the fence down. Anyway, I've said to myself before, it's always quicker to pull the electric fence down completely than have to repair the model when you hit it. Anyway, so the plane's going awesome, but it's really windy, so I'm burning heaps of fuel. Anyway, next thing you know, runs out of gas. But I'm up super high, so it's not a problem. But then I had another senior moment, and I turned downwind, and this biplanes like a bloody blimp you know in the wind it doesn't go forwards at all anyway so i'm coming in and i'm like oh no i'm not gonna make the strip and there's electric tape electric fence tape at the far end I, at that instant i should have started running towards the electric fence because then i would have been closer to it to see what was happening because like outside of the electric fence is just cow paddock and if you land in there you're going to rip the gear out anyway well at the last second, I think, oh, I'm going to just sneak in under the fence. No. <laughs> I completely clotheslined the model, the electric tape, caught the undercarriage, and it just went whop straight into the ground, smashed the nose off, broke a $300 three-blade propeller, which was the only one, and guess where they made? Ukraine. Perfect. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not easy to get. Anyway, luckily my mate Worms had another one. And the worst thing is this bloody biplane was a little bit overweight. So I just spent the last two months putting it on a diet to get it under the 5 kg weight limit. And I'd managed to knock it down and I was about 50 grams under the weight limit. Oh, life's good. And then, it, you know, I had to repair it. So, oh, oh no. absolutely. And then the worst thing is I rang up my mate Hamish Galloway Worms and, and told him about the, um, the crashing into the fence. And by dinner time, even the Prime Minister of New Zealand knew that. <laughs> I've done that before, though. <laughs> well, I've got similar low lights. My low lights is all the planes that I crashed this year, especially my jet. I, I plunked my jet in, which I made some content out of, but that was about the most positive thing that came out of it. Uh, but, yeah, my low light was crashing the uh, the jet. The best model you saw this year? The best model I saw? <laughs> hmm. Oh, I, I, yeah, okay. Um, mm, I'm just having to have a little bit of a think there. The best model I saw was pretty impressed with Bones flying at the at the bloody Aussie Masters. He came second. Um, um, so that that was that was pretty good. Um, the best model I saw. Ah, 
Baldrick sent me a video clip of the of of his mosquito a week ago, and uh, we've got a pair of DA one hundred in lines. We're we're ready to test fly it. Yeah, so a pair that, of that might. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that'd be up there at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think what's the best model I saw. Uh, Tim Nolan's Fly Baby was really impressive at the Shepherd and Mammoth scale flying. I thought that was um, a bit of a highlight for me all year. Uh, a bunch of nice jets at the Wang Jets event as well. Um, so yeah, I'll say the Tim Nolan's Fly Baby is probably one of the best models I saw this year. Okay, best model you flew. Oh, sorry. Model you flew the most? Ah, oh, that bloody biplane with the YS in it, man. I just flew gallons and gallons and gallons on that thing, and the thing, the thing flies awesome. Oh shit, it's good. Did you uh, rebuild it then? Well, all I did was a little bit of damage to the nose. It, it, it took me a couple of days to repair it. It wasn't a, it wasn't a major. Okay, yeah, it wasn't lucky, a major. lucky. Okay. Um, oh, the model I flew the most was probably my Extreme Flight forty eight inch extra because it was just so easy to get to the field and put a battery in and go off. But uh, I would have liked to have flown some other models that I've got, but that was probably the one I flew the most. Okay, did you do more flying, the same or less? Um. Oh yeah, no, I definitely did more flying than the year before this year. Yeah, way more flying. Yeah, we had some of our really good rallies that we go to in New Zealand got washed out back, you know, at the end of last summer. We don't do much fun flying stuff through the winter time, but in the winter time, I was out there banging flights in. Um, so yeah, yeah, a bit more, bit more of that than usual. Certainly more F three A pattern than than for a long time. Yeah. Makes sense, though. I probably did less flying, and a part of that was because we've had really, really wet weather down in my neck of the woods. It's just been soaking with rain. It's, it's I can't believe as I look out the window now, it's, it's, it's just a gale blowing. It's cold. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think that we've hit summertime, but it's just absolutely – we had 30-degree temperatures on the weekend, and now we're down to like 18 or 17 or something again and going to get cooler. So uh, not too great. Uh, now, best event you went to this year? Hmm. <laughs> I keep going back to the Aussie Masters yeah. because that's all I did. No, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say there was a pause yeah. there in the answer because uh, someone had to refill their glass with some beverages. It's you know, it's warmer over there in New Zealand at the moment, so we don't want you to get dehydrated, so make sure you keep it hydrated. So, yeah, no, that makes sense. I've got my DA jacket sitting here because it's starting to chill off. So if it gets a little bit chilly, I'll be putting my trusty DA jacket on. Well, good yeah, move. I need a new one. Is that a plug? Come on. Hey, DA, send him a new jacket. He's good for it. <laughs> oh, no. They're so good. They last 10 years. They're yeah. really good. <laughs> Christmas is coming. <laughs> Ask Santa. <laughs> okay. My best event I went to was the Wang Jets event this year. I really, really enjoyed it. It was a very, very social event. Um Got introduced to the beverage a mini beer, which was very good, uh, and enjoyed those. But uh, it was just an all around good event, so I'll probably rate that. Uh, the next event probably was a Shepherd and Mammoth, but that got washed out pretty much. So I'd have to say the Wang Jets event by by a fair way. So um, hopefully that continues. Well, actually, you know what? Before you go on to the next one, I've just remembered there was another really awesome event that we had about a month ago here in New Zealand. It was one of because we kind of have like a summer winter flying season, so we don't have any competitions or events through the winter. But you know, uh, start of October, that's when it all sort of kicks off. So, end of October, 
We actually had a pattern and pylon competition up at uh, a popular field called Airsail. And uh, so we had pattern flying on Saturday and we had pylon flying on Sunday. Now, normally we'd have like a one-day pattern event and the pylon event might be in another couple of weekends' time. But 20, 30 years ago, people would do pattern and pylon. They, they combined it together and, and it was quite popular. And apparently guys even used to fly pattern ships around the pylon course. You know? uh, yeah. well, I'm talking like the, the, the fast models that we used to fly way back. So this pattern and pylon event that we had a couple of um, weeks ago was really great and lots of people were there um, because it was both things. Lots of pylon guys came and they flew pattern. And lots of pattern guys came and they flew pylon and um, and we've we're already got another one on the calendar um, coming up in maybe I think maybe April or May. So yeah, pattern and pylon, getting back to the old old school. That's a, that's a good idea. I like that. That's a, that's a that's a good weekend away. There'd be a lot of laughs happening there. Okay, that's good. Um, best event you wish you had gone to. Well, I kind of wish I had gone to the shootout, actually. I was going to say, you better say year, Tucson shootout. No. So when the shootout got announced, it was kind of March, April, and oh, we were still in lockdown. People weren't allowed really in and out of the country too easily. So I was like, uh, so I passed on going to the shootout. But um, a good mate of mine, Huggy Bear, he went to the shootout with Richo and they had a bloody great time over there. And the shootout was really well uh, attended um, across all of the classes. Like over the years, I've noticed that sportsmen and intermediate at the shootout don't get really that good at numbers, but they had really good numbers across all the classes and heaps of international guys as well. So when the shootout was on, I was watching it going, oh, I really wish I was at the shootout. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, next time. It was a good event. That was a good event. My one was that I missed out on going to was the Festival of Aero Modelling. That was the big one that was held up in uh, Inglewood in Queensland and that uh, seemed to be like it was the first one ever and it was, it was a pretty decent event. It looked like um, people had a lot of fun. So missed out on that one, but that's one that I probably would have liked to have got to. Okay. <sighs> I'm probably going to win this question. How many models did you crash this year? Two. <laughs> Two. Okay, we know yeah, the, the well, pylon. We no, sorry, the pattern plane into the fence. We know one. What's the other one? Oh, yeah, I crashed a pylon racer just last weekend. Really pissed me off. Oh. I mean, when you say crashed a plane, are we talking an absolute write-off here? Oh, it's something you had to repair. Yeah. Or, got, write-off my, my or repair. Pylon, yeah, my favourite pylon racer got, got damaged last weekend. I had to land it. Well, well, I was trying. To, I was coming into land and I got sucked down into what we call Death Valley. That's up at um, at the air sale site where we fly a bit of pylon. And anyway, so I'm repairing the wing. I was I, I was a bit pissed off, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I'm nice. over it now. Well, I win. I've done four. That's the most I've ever done. <laughs> That's the most I've ever done in my entire flying career, uh, and and I hardly flew. So I, I plonked my jet in. That went in, uh, snapped into a spiral, dived into the ground, and that was a write off. I did salvish the servos? A lot of the servos seem fine. Don't know whether I'm going to use them, but they seem fine. Turbine was okay. That went back for a bit of a repair by Jetcat. Thank you, Jetcat. Cost a fair bit of money. Got to send it back to Germany. Uh, a foamy, a foamy Viper jet. Um, plonk that in, but that's that's repair it. Well, I got a new fuselage for that. 
a DLG, a little mini DLG that I've got that exploded on launch. There's a tail said, no, nah, I've had enough of these launches and that folded. So that's, that's gone. And the best one, which you're going to like is my F5J glider that I threw into the back of my head and uh, damaged the fuselage, cracked all the carbon fiber. Look, if I add up the cost that I've spent on repairing models this year or replacing model, it's like, it's the worst ever. Maybe I should just give up and, you know, this podcast, I can't crash too much. How on earth do you throw an F5J glider into the back of your head? Okay, very, very easily because you know why? The the distance, Did you loop it? Well, no, it was the, the tail oh, plane the, hit my the head. The wing? No, the oh, tail plane. Okay. So you imagine you launch, if you don't have your arm high enough, you let go of it and the tail, because there's, and there's, there was a pause. It was like I released, there's a pause and then bang into the back of the head. The plane goes up in the air and then comes nosedive and slams to the ground. So I cracked the back of the fuselage when it hit my head and then I cracked the front of the fuselage when it hit the ground. So that was, yeah, that was an expensive repair. I had to get a new carbon fiber fuselage for that thing. And now I've got to put it together. So that'll take me 10 years as well, my rate of building. So, yeah, not a good year at all when it comes to me and crashes. It just, you know, lesson for everyone you do need to keep your fingers in check and go out flying a bit more to keep the skills up. Okay. How many models did you build this year? Oh, um, okay. So I've kind of been working on a few a few different projects, actually. I haven't really completed any particular models this year as such, but I, I have a few projects on the go. Um, I've got this massive Sukhoi sitting up on the on the model rack we made it for the for the shootout oh 2005 2006 there wasn't a big enough engine but now there's a da215 anyway it needs some new yeah 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 so so um i've got a da215 here um and uh i want to get that big sukhoi going again so what i did was i started working on a plug for the wing mold because i had there was a problem with the wings that we made. Um, they delaminated and they crapped out. But I, I had a I had a wing panel sitting there. So I spent quite a bit of time. I guess it was back in March or April, I suppose. I can't really remember. But anyway, I've got that that sitting there. And uh, it's nearly ready to sort of take a mould off. There's, still, there's a little bit more work too. So that's one project that I've been working on. Um, oh, I've been working on some other other molds and stuff um yeah just flying flying take took up took up a lot of time yeah it's hard to do um, both, isn't it that's where covid was really yeah. good because when we were all in lockdowns over where i am in victoria we were locked down more than anywhere else in the world i think and and so we could get into building some stuff so but this year yeah oh there's another another um another project is i, I had a jet upgrade yeah, no. so um yeah, my wife wanted to get a, a little dog, and um, I've kind of been putting it off for, for quite some time, but my boys are, are leaving home, and, well, the oldest one, he left home a few years ago, and the, the youngest one, he, Max, is 18 now, and he's ready to go off to university. Oh, you know, you go away flying, and I want to get a little dog, and I'm like, oh, okay. And I laughed and said, well, if you're getting a little dog, I'm getting a bigger jet. No, yeah. you're not getting a bigger Anyway, well, guess what? <laughs> yeah. So on the on the way back from uh, from one of the events that I was at back at uh, Anzac weekend, I 
called in at my mate Stinky's house on the way through the Hawks Bay, and he's had a Compath uh, Ultra Ultra Flash sitting there uh, for quite some time, and it's basically got my name on it. I said, you know, when we're ready, we'll do a deal. And anyway, so the funny thing is, I was already flying a Compath Spark, and the Compath Ultra Flash is in the exact same scheme. So, like, it's just identical jet. It was meant yeah, to be. but it's twice. Like, so anyway, uh, the the spark went to the South Island. A young guy called Alex Hewson, he's he's roaring that around the sky, having a good time. And um, so now I've got this ultra flash. Uh, there's a little bit of work to do on it. I'd, uh, so it's a, it's a work in progress. I'm hoping that I'll get it flying this summer. Yeah. Okay, that is good. Um, that was actually, you probably covered the next question, but let me just finish that one. How many models did you build this year? How many models did I build this year? I finished building uh, a 3D hobby shop extra uh the can't even remember what it is it's a 330 lt or a three something um i finished building it. i haven't flown it yet so i've got a plane ready to go so I, that's sort of a assemb- we'll say i assembled that that and that was completed this year so that was good um besides that i'm just trying to reassemble my my f5j glider the one with the new fuselage which Steam ahead in, and I've got a jet to build as well. Uh, okay, next question was how many mo- how many models did you buy this year, and what models were they? So you said you you've bought that jet. So is there anything else that you you happened to purchase this year? Oh, um, I'm trying to keep it a secret. I bought an electric pattern ship. Oh, no, <laughs> there goes your sponsorship yeah. with YS. <laughs> oh no, I'm buying my motors from YS. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, um, man, the cost of nitro has just gone absolutely yeah. mental. And, I mean, uh, methanol methanol's not too bad. But, you know, look, I, I went to the Aussie Masters. Everybody's flying electric. And I thought, eh, you know, and, and Contra Drive as well. Is Contra Drive so popular. So, anyway, there's a guy in uh, Brisbane called Mark Who that um, makes this Contra Drive called the VLV. And um, actually, the nickname is it's called the Volvo Drive. <laughs> so go. I didn't give it that nickname. Of course you didn't. But um, you just nah, spread anyway, it. So, so I was like, uh, you know. Hmm. Anyway, I thought, what well, one of these would be worth experimenting with. So I actually brought this Contra Drive home, and my mate Worms had a had a biplane, electric biplane that I used to fly a little bit. Anyway, I thought, oh, that'd be perfect. But the main thing. The main reason why I got it is I've got a couple of acres and I'm next door to a couple of big farms. So I thought, shit, you know, you know, oh, and before we went to Aussie, uh, my mate Stinky, Andrew Stiver, he was he was coming to Aussie with us and um he there were a few trimming issues with his model and uh, we went out to the club field, we went out to a few different flying sites and he was due to drive home on the Sunday, and I'm like going, what are you, put your battery on charge, get your wings on. We can fly it right here off my lawn. Look, let, let's get this thing all sort of dialed in. And I sort of thought, shit, you know, if I had an electric model, I'd, I'd be able to practice from home. Oh, no. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. <laughs> you just thought of that now. Well, no, I always used to fly a bit of a bit of F3A pattern. Um, 10 years ago, electric, but I got all pissed off with the batteries running out before the flight was over, but I, they've got that kind of sorted out now. 
Uh, and there wasn't the power was a bit crap beforehand. Um, so anyway, so yeah, the secret story is I've got this electric contra drive biplane. So I'm burning coal because <laughs> over here all of our, <laughs> all of our bloody power stations are all um, running on Indonesian coal, and unless it's been raining a lot, and then of course hydro kicks in, but normally it's coal. Um, so yeah. That's that's a secret thing that I that I was hoping not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I had to buy a new model this year. That was the replacement of the crashed jet. Um, and I, I I'm I I got a custom scheme, so I'm I'm keeping the scheme a secret until I put the plane together and can shoot a video to to launch the screen. But I, I crashed a, a a Viper jet, and I've got another Viper jet. So that was the biggest purchase of a of a new model this year. Plus then. The replacement of the F5J fuselage, if that counts. But besides that, there was I didn't spend. I didn't buy. Besides the jet and buying a few bits and pieces, you know, to get it up and running. Um, you know, there's, there's some the smooth flight. I'm getting using a smooth flight this time from the Boomer RC. So uh, yeah, a few a few things like that and a few batteries, but uh, not much else besides that. It's a pretty boring year, and hoping that next year probably won't need anything. Um, but uh, you never know. So, so the. The Viper jet that you've got is that the which who makes that one? Wind RC. It comes w from wind. China. Wind RC. Wind. Wind RC. Yeah, it's uh, it's wind. like the it's like wind. the it, they basically uh, they also manufacture the JMB Viper jet. So it's it's really it's it's a lot light. I had a Skymaster, and this new Wind RC Viper jet is a lot lighter. It's probably two kilos lighter, and that's just through you know the way they manufacture it and the sandwich construction they use and whatever it's taking a lot of weight so i think that'll help because i found that the the other one the two meter sky one was a really well made but uh a bit on the heavy side kind of thing carried a lot of fuel and it changed the flight characteristics high wing loading so i'm hoping this this lighter version might be a bit better so um we shall see and what's the what's the What's the smooth? Is that a gyro? A smooth flight. So yeah, it's got yes, it's a kind of it's a, it's a different take on a gyro. Uh it's not as invasive as a gyro and it's sort of got from what I can remember, the Boomer RC team will probably kill me for this, but I think it's it's got automatic gain, so it, it adjusts itself. So it's not there it's there to just support your flying rather than take over kind of uh, kind of thing. So um it sort of learns what it should, what it, what the plane needs for for the conditions. Because I don't like gyros that are too invasive, and one of the reasons why I did it is uh, they've got us. I, I use Spectrum Radio Gear, so they've got a Spectrum compatible version. Where we can just plug satellites into it. So it was either that. I had a power box that I could have used. Um, I could have got a, a Spectrum Power Safe receiver and, and tried that. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to give this a go. Um, a lot of rave reviews about it, um, so I'll, I'll give that a go. Aussie made kind of thing. So we'll just see how it is. It's just money. Just spent money to see what it's like. But uh, we'll give that a crack and see see what happens. A lot of people are using them though now. They're really really popular. Well, I flew a um a compath to a big Viper. Might have be probably quite a bit bigger than the two meter one. Yeah. I think it's pretty size. And and the guy had gyros in there. And uh, and I'm like, turn all that shit off. You know, give give it to me without. Okay, right. Turn the gyros on. It was like, oh no. Nah. It was almost like it was it, it was trying to do shit that I didn't want it to do. Yeah. But uh, 
good good for the old blokes. I reckon that when you turn 65, the government should send you a gyro for your <laughs> Well, see, you've got to do some research on this because it's not as invasive. It's a, it's a different algorithm that they use for sort of that, that that flight compensation. So that's why they call it smooth flight rather than sort of the gyro kind of thing because I'm like you. I've like I'm not a big fan of the E-Flight AS3X gyros that they put in their models, which, by the way, as Martin Pickering once said, is you know why they put these gyros in their planes? To make them fly well because they don't fly well without one. And some of the tiny yeah. ones, the really small models that they make, yeah, you, you, I, I've got one and you just can't fly it without the gyro on. But I, I've got one in a radian glider and I hate it. I can't. I'm trying to um, adjust the gains to zero to get rid of it or just just go and change the receiver because the last thing you want in a glider is a gyro. It just does my head in and I just am not a fan because they're just too invasive. So this is a different take to try to smooth out certain things. But anyway, I'll give it a go. If I don't like it, I'll just flick the switch to turn it off and see what happens. Well, I, I, I reckon that um, when I turn 65, yeah, I may, maybe I'll start using a gyro then. But uh, also I reckon when you turn 65, the senior gyro and, and a packet of Prozac. So that you really mellow out. Yeah. <laughs> I need that now to mellow out. Can you send me some? <laughs> okay. Well, actually, this is an interesting question. Best aero modeling component you bought this year? I'm going to say my smooth flight, but what about you? You put me on the spot there. Um, I'm pretty impressed with this VLV Contra drive. It's it's pretty good. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty good. I bought, a, I bought a fancy new charger to charge these batteries up. Yeah. Yeah, look at, yeah look probably at. the best best component I bought was 20 litres of nitro. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had to throw that in. I was just in there going, look at you, electric boy now. That's it. <laughs> oh, don't worry. Um, it was really windy um, like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago I was out flying. It, was, it would have been blowing 20 to 25 knots and I've got the electric plane out there and I'm flying it and it's like, yeah, okay, this is good. And then I put the... Uh, YS biplane together and just carved up the sky. I was like, oh, this biplane. Oh, oh, oh. So when it's windy, <laughs> the YS power is still awesome. <laughs> yeah, see, as he pours another glass because you got to hydrate. Remember, <laughs> keep on hydrated there. Okay. Most frustrating part of error modeling in 2022? Being a bloody old fart, not taking the electric fence down and oh. crashing through a fence yeah dickhead <laughs> yeah that is annoying i have hit a fence and it's great when that plane hits the fence it's like an arrestor hook you know but the plane just generally dives straight down into the ground to to finish things off so it's not great my most frustrating part of air modeling in 2022 oh i got pretty frustrated a few times um not being able to fly weather bad weather and stuff like that it was really been really like my, my club flooded twice and when I mean flooded, it was like we're talking, you know, I think it was around eighty centimeter depth or something. So that put put the, the put the uh, put the field out of action. But we didn't miss out on much because the weather was so bad after it that it didn't matter. We couldn't go flying anyway. So that was probably one of the most frustrating part um, for me. Uh, favorite social media content channel in twenty twenty two. So we're talking things like oh, YouTube. I've just thought of something else that oh, no. really frustrated me recently, and that is weather forecasters. You know, <laughs> these guys, I think it's the only job 
where you can be wrong all year and still get a pay rise. Like these guys, I don't know how. So we've had a few comps recently where we've been looking at the weather going, oh, you know, I, I don't like cancelling events. Like the old guys that have a scale meet, you know, they'll cancel it on Monday, you know, like the the, the event's not even in, in for another fortnight and they've already cancelled it on Monday night. I, I kind of, you know, let people know that, wow, we're looking at the weather with my uh, – anyway, so – we 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 cancelled a couple of comps and the weather like what they predicted just didn't happen and and we could have got the comp in so oh, these bloody weather forecasters yeah they wouldn't have a clue. <laughs> <What's>, <laughs> <laughs> that's why they call it a forecast <laughs> to guess. <laughs> well, they just got to improve their uh, their their computer modelling, don't they? But look, we send you our our um our rejected weather from our way to you anyway. So we you know if you just want to know what's going on, just ring us up and we'll tell you because it's heading your way. I can tell you now, it's going to be cold. You're going to have this warm snap, and then it's going to be cold again. So you know, get the winter woolies out again. Yeah, no. So you 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 live in Melbourne, but I tell you one thing that I have noticed: people that live in Brisbane. They they live in this weather bubble, and they think that the rest of the world also lives in that same weather <laughs> bubble. They've got no idea. People that live in Brisbane and Queensland, they've got absolutely no idea that around the rest of the world we have such a thing as shit weather. Yeah, yep. but they've had to bat though. <laughs> they've had a bit of rain as well. We've had this really wet sort of eastern seaboard, so they got a fair bit this year. But uh, but yeah, they definitely. I like. I love seeing what happens up in up in Queensland with the aero modelling because. I reckon they get to fly a lot more than we do, except they did. They did have a big wet patch in the middle somewhere, but um, but yeah, down here we're we're like you down here in Melbourne that we have you know not a lot of flying in winter really because it's either windy, wet, or just freezing cold kind of thing. But but I really love you know when you get those winter days where it's dead calm, blue sky. I love going flying on those days because it's just the air is nice and thick, and you're not worrying about engines overheating and stuff like that it's just a beautiful and and not many people turn up you go but why aren't they here it's blue sky and no wind it's perfect but uh oh well okay so favorite social media content channel in 2022 we're talking about facebook instagram those kind of things what's what's been your favorite do you follow that kind of stuff or not no 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 i i I do a a little bit of a little bit of social media. I find myself getting in trouble too often because I'm like, I really want to comment on this. Um, a mate of mine was just in Facebook jail for six days, actually. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a badge of honor. Yeah, yeah. I so um, and I don't do the Instagram. I don't do Snapchat. Um, oh, don't do any of that other crap. But I, I do. I do a little bit of Facebook. Um, and, you know, I've got um the PBG facebook page so uh, what i've started doing is the more of the error modeling stuff i just post that on the pbg page yeah but um yeah yeah i don't post anything to do with model airplanes on my personal facebook page it's all done through flat out rc channels but i suppose my favorite this year uh look i I, i'm a i do follow facebook i'm in that demographic that likes to follow facebook and, and keep in touch with what's going on uh but i do find that it's just an overload it's like you know every avid aero modeler is pumping stuff on there and there's not a lot that's different it's just the same old same old kind of thing and when you've been around a long time it's like yeah, yeah i've seen that before yeah i've seen that before i don't watch a lot of flying videos anymore 
you know, like, you know, I love Jace Deuce. He's a great pilot, but, you know, and there's a heaps of, you know, other really good aerobatic pilots. And I just, you know, I'll, I'll watch a few now and again, but I, I don't watch them to the end kind of thing because it's almost like I've, I've, I've seen that kind of thing. I'm not not in that realm at the moment. But um, I'd probably say Facebook is probably the one that I, the one that definitely I'm looking at the most. Um, you know, like you, I'm not a big, I've got a couple of mates on Snapchat now. I'm not a big fan of Snapchat. It just annoys me. But um, Instagram well, one, is always good. One thing, um, one thing that I, I do follow on Facebook is that uh, SAD page, you know, Society oh, of yes. Aircraft Polishers, That's right? good. And, oh, I mean, I saw, um, so I know the guy, Kevin, that, that, that got it going, but there's a there's a massive number of people on there. Anyway, what's really frustrating is some old some old bloke and he's got like a bloody – a foam piper cub and he's smashed the nose off it and he's posted that on the sad page. It's like, oh mate, what planet are you on? And then there's a dude that's got like a twenty thousand dollar jet that he's just written off and yeah. he's, he's taking a photo of that. So <laughs> See, that's good actually. I actually I'm a, I'm a I'm a member of a Facebook group called Crap Bird Bird Photography. And the whole aim is to take the worst photo of a bird that you can possibly find. And it is hilarious what people find. It's like there's um, you know, a tree in the distance and there's one bird in it, and they go, There's a bird in there. <laughs> and it's just it's just the worst. And it's got to, if it's out of focus, that's okay. It's it's the aim is to take the worst photo you can of a bird. And I'm not into bird watching, but it's just it's hilarious. It's quite funny. And I am very partial outside of air on modeling to watching YouTube videos of um, old 80s rockers that can't sing anymore, like the uh, the lead singer of Motley Crue, and reading the comments that people leave and the, underneath the videos. That's more entertaining than the actual video. So that's what happens when you get to my age. <laughs> anyway, okay, let's move on. Did you did your flying improve this year, do you think? Um, yeah, no, I think my flying uh, has, has certainly hasn't diminished. So that's a good thing, eh? Yeah. Well, that's yeah. good because you're 95 years of age. It's the gyro. <laughs> it's the gyro that's kicked in <laughs> and the Prozac. <laughs> I didn't prove my flying one bit this year. I did I did a fair bit of flying on the simulator actually, um, which I've always enjoyed. I'm actually I'm a simulator fan and, and I do notice that my flying does improve the more time I put in on the sim. But, um, but yeah, no, it probably went backwards this year, <laughs> if anything, because I just didn't fly that much. Okay. Plans for 2023. What's in the agenda for your aero modelling? What's your focus? Well, we got this world champs going to happen over in Australia. Yep. So um, if I make, if we have our nationals, I make the team. Then uh, you know, oh, am I going to go? Am I not going to go? I don't know. People like everyone that, that asks me if I'm going to go. I th- oh yeah, I should do. You know, oh you'd be you'd be crazy not to, wouldn't you? It's right there. It's just in Australia. Yeah. You got to go. You've got to but go. Like, it'd be too hard to answer all the questions about why I didn't go if I don't go. So oh, you've got to go. If I uh, if things go to plan and I make the team, then I'll go. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm telling you now, you should be focusing on that. It'd be great to have you over here. You'd be the life of the party. You know, keep keep everybody honest. Um, bring your Trans Tasman Cup just in case. You know, you show it off. You know, drink <laughs> from it again. Well, you know, I went to that. Um, I went to that Aussie Masters in September, and I hadn't been overseas to a competition for such a long time. And uh, yeah, first day of the competition, I flew, and I was kind of like, eh, yeah. And the next morning, I'm, I, we we stayed in a in a house with a whole lot of Aussie guys: Phil Spence, oh, Russell Edwards. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, we we. And, uh, <laughs> that would have been a mess. 
Yeah. It was really good. So we, we stayed in this house with those guys anyway. The second day of the comp in the morning, I'm I'm in the shower and I'm looking out the window and I'm thinking, and it was raining too. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? This is just bloody. I wasn't really enjoying it too much. But then actually that day, the competition I did, I did really well. I was sitting in fifth place and then I, I, I had a really good um, flight that afternoon. All of a sudden I jumped up to third place and I'm like going, oh, Oh, I remember. Mm-hmm. I remember now. This is fun. Yeah, that's right. This is <laughs> this is anyway, what you do. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, sometimes you know you, you you forget you forget why you do it, and then you have little moments of of that happens, and then you remember. Oh, that's right. I that's do right. enjoy doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I think it's hard. You know, one thing I've I've sort of struggled with this this year is motivation. You know, as far as going flying and. You know, okay, it's been busy and, as I said, the wet weather and all that kind of stuff. But I've tried not to put pressure on myself to have to go flying. Like, I really enjoy doing this podcast. It's like every week I get an error modeling fixed by doing this podcast. And that keeps me connected with everything. And, of course, all the friends that I talk to every week that fly model planes and we talk about model planes. And I've always said that's part of error modeling is having the chit-chat and having a drink with them and all that kind of stuff. But I've sort of come to the conclusion that I don't need to be in a rush. I've got a lot of different hobbies. You know, I'm a champion table tennis player at the moment. Well, not really a champion, but I'm doing a lot of other activities at the moment that I can at my age, which I may not be able to do later. So I keep on saying to myself, don't worry about forcing yourself to have to go flying. Go when you want to and just enjoy it. And if you don't go, you don't go. But it doesn't mean you don't go flying ever again. It's just just not at the moment because you're doing something else. So... But I've wrestled with that because sometimes I think we feel pressure. Oh, well, you don't go flying anymore. Why don't you go and you fly? And pe- other people put this pressure on you and you feel guilty that you're not going. But, uh, but you know, I, I do want to get – I'm I'm actually planning my, my Christmas holidays where I do get the time to go flying. So I'm, I'm sitting there and doing, okay, now what am I going to take? What are we going to fly? Hopefully the weather's going to be okay. And I'll, maybe I'll take this model and that model or I'll pick this my trailer up and I'll take the trailer with me. And So I'm sort of – gearing myself so i've got the fire in the belly it's still there but um but yeah i'm not i'm not trying to pressure myself into going if i don't want to go kind of thing because then i'll do what i've done all year which seems like a crash planes every time i go so i don't want to do any more of that so oh you don't want that guy barry worm turning up again oh and barry wormy air crash investigation fo- fuck it flat out crash <laughs> investigation team that's right he did that was a good highlight that video was a highlight that was a bit of fun um Okay, my plan for 2023, yeah, I hope to get some more flying in. That's what I want to do. I'm hoping that um, that we we get a good spell of weather. I was at the gym today doing my, my cycling class, and the guy said, oh, I reckon summer's going to kick in in February and March. And I'm like, I hope so. Uh, so I'm hope, hoping February, March time into April, May, we get some good weather um, around so that I can just get out there. And I'm really looking forward to getting my 100cc aerobatic planes out. And uh, the, the the nationals, the IMAC nationals are going to be held at my home field. So my mates are saying, you got to come and compete in IMAC. So it could be on the card to put a bit of practice in. So we'll, we'll, you know, that may be something to strive for. So we'll see. So anyway, oh, great. It's been a big year, twenty twenty two. It's it's gone really quickly this year. I don't. People just say that there's a flippant kind of line, but it feels like it was just yesterday that we were having a chat at the Christmas edition last year. So, uh, so hopefully, hopefully things slow down and we can enjoy enjoy the uh, joint aero modelling. But you're going to have a busy year with that pattern pattern world champs, I reckon, if you get in. So, uh, but it'd be good. It'd be good. Something to strive for. 
Okay. You're up to that time. That's it for, for reminiscing about the year that was and a bit about next year. This is the bit that we love to hear. This is I'm calling it story time with Fraser because <laughs> I actually I went back to remember you wrote some notes and you shared them with me and I went back to have a look at the notes and I couldn't keep a track of where we're up to because we'd cover most of them. But I knew you probably got some more stories to tell. So here we go. Welcome to story time with Fraser Briggs. Uh, take it away. Okay, so I've got stories. I've got stories about crazy stuff that's happened actually in Australia. So, uh, pick a coast. You want to hear about Perth, or do you want to hear about okay. Brisbane? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. I, I want to go to Perth. Let's go to the west coast first. Okay, so about ten years ago, we went over to uh, Perth for a actually uh, an IMAC Trans Tasman, <clears throat> and uh, oh man, there was a there was about five or six Kiwis, and we boxed up all these massive iMac planes and and we went over to Perth. Anyway, we had a pretty good time over there, except for the flies. Can, can, do you think they can do something about that? Yeah, it's called the wind. If you get some wind, it'll blow the flies away. <laughs> oh, man, I've never seen flies like it. It was November. I think that's when the flies are the worst. And anyway, so so we went to this uh, this flying field in Perth, and they had this really nice tarmac runway. They actually had two tarmac runways on these yes. on these little different angles. What, and, Whiteman um, or something is it called? Or uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Whiteman. I know it was I um, the name of the strip there. I've never Whit- had it. Whitford's. Whitford. That's it. It was something close on yours, sort of. Yeah, in yeah. The realm. and it's just guys. It's just guys that fly aerobatics that join the Whitford's club. They've so they had this like amazing facility. Pete, um, so hang on, Steve Coram, he's he's one of the guys way out there. Anyway, so I'm I'm sort of standing there, you know. We just got out of the rental car and oh, Bogan, what do you think of the flying field? You know, what do you think of our tarmac runways? Oh, those tarmac runways are fantastic. Oh, I said, you know, if there was a big red barn over there and a big blue silo just over there, it would be just like on the simulator. Yeah. yeah. but why have you got these gum trees like planted all around (laughs) you know you got this two hundred thousand bucks with a tarmac and at one end there's a pair of gum trees on either side of the actual apex of the runway just made no sense at all (laughs) anyway so so anyway we're, we're on the practice day and um one of the Kiwis, he lands and he, he rolls off the end of the tarmac. We, we don't fly on tarmac over here. We fly on grass. So anyway, he lands on tarmac and his idol's a bit high. And he, he runs off the end into the into the Perth sandy desert. Anyway, this bloody club, club guy comes running out of the bloody shed and he's got a bucket in his hand and it's got all these coins and he's jingling the bucket. Oh, you've got to put a dollar in the bucket. You've got to put a dollar in the bucket. What are you talking about, mate? Oh, you know, if you if you if you run off the end of the runway, you have to put a dollar in the bucket, and that pays for the fuel for the mower to grow to to cut the grass. I'm like, mate, there ain't any grass. Yeah. Oh, there's that little yeah, kiwi. Anyway, well, remember I mentioned those gum trees that were at the yeah. on the end of one of the runways. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> old oh, no. mate, <laughs> old mate comes into land. And he decides he's coming in on the other vector, and and I'm in the I'm in the in the pits, and I'm I don't know I'm pulling a model apart or something. I look up, and I I could just tell from depth perception that he was about to hit this gum tree. Anyway, it was it was that landing speed, and it went whack straight into the gum tree, 
and then it actually fell backwards out of the gum tree, and that's what did the most damage when it crashed on the ground. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I went straight for the bucket, and I grabbed the bucket and went running over, jingling it, put a dollar in the bucket, put a dollar in the bucket. <laughs> yeah. hey, you should have been more than a dollar. <laughs> no, he was not impressed. Anyway, so, <laughs> so that was one crazy thing. Anyway, um, at this bloody Whitford's, they, they're out right in front of where you're going to fly, about 100 metres out, was this massive um, windsock that they'd put up. And it was on this huge, big steel post, bright yellow. And I'm like, man, what a hazard. <laughs> it was like in the most crazy place you'd ever put a windsock, like right out in front on centre. Yeah. I said, wow, you know, has anyone ever uh, hit that windsock? And one of the club guys, oh, yeah, there was an Aussie out here a couple of months ago, and he crashed his brand-new $50,000 jet right through it. And I'm like, going, oh, did he? Yeah. No surprise there. Yeah. You know, did you think about putting the windsock on the shed behind? Yeah. You know, oh, we need to see that windsock, you know. <laughs> yeah, they got some brain trust in Perth. <laughs> so so we're, we're all camping at the field. So, right out, we've got these bloody caravans and RVs and shit that we've rented and camping at the fields always always the thing to do. So, right out, boys, tonight we're on a little bit of a midnight mission and we're going to go over there and we're going to we're going to pull that windsock down and we're going to put the kiwi flag up there. <laughs> anyway, so middle of the night, <laughs> off we go, bears in hand and uh and we find this. I mean, it was like 150 mil square steel post that was, I don't know, maybe 30 metres tall and and it was held into the ground with, with another couple of steel posts and some bolts and everything and, and we get over there and one of the guys, young guy called Ditcho, he goes, oh, right, all we need is go and get a buddy spanner and we can just undo this bottom bolt and the whole thing's going to cantilever over and we can we can get the windsock off the top and we can put the flag up. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> we, <laughs> you know, rusty bolt. Anyway, so we, we pull this thing over. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there was a guy that, that really wanted to come on the trip with us, but he, he didn't make it. And uh, he's an uh, IMAC fly called John Rogers. He's been to the shootout, uh, and his nickname is Ted. Anyway, well, because he couldn't make it, what we did was we made all these cardboard cutouts we'd printed off Ted's face and we'd made all these masks and we cut the eyes out and we put some elastic band around the back. So anytime we were doing anything silly, we'd have all these Ted masks on. So you couldn't tell, you know, who, who it was that was doing what. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so we've got a picture of us um, lifting up that flagpole. There's five guys all with Ted's face. And it looks like the picture from World War Two on, on Iwo Jima when the Americans are lifting up, yeah, you yeah. know, that, that put yeah. up on the top of that hill. Here we are lifting up the, the Aussie's big big windsock pole. But we've taken the windsock down and we've put the Kiwi flag up there. Anyway, so next morning, club president, <laughs> he, he, he comes and finds me straight away because he, he, he's like, I wonder why. Yeah. Who's yeah. the ringleader He's here? Like, he is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Comes and finds me straight away. He says, oh, I see your Kiwis are going to put the Kiwi flag up there. Um, I said, look, don't worry. We, we've carefully pulled down the windsock. 
And, oh, what about the three mil grub screw? I said, yep, I've got the three mil grub screw in a special little Ziploc bag. And when we leave on Sunday afternoon, we will put that bloody windsock with the three mil grub screw straight back up there. Anyway, oh, okay. Oh, that's all good. That's all good. Anyway, so the Kiwi flag is now flying front and center. Right. This Aussie, other other Aussie. <laughs> and, and he's from, let's just say he's from Kalgoorlie. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and he comes and he bails the whole Kiwi team up. Oh, you bloody Kiwis. You caused me to crash my bloody plane this morning. Um, really? Why's that? Well, you went over there and you took the bloody windsock down and I came in to land. I didn't know which way to bloody land and I went running off the end of the bloody runway and damaged my undercarriage. <laughs> I said, mate, if you don't know that a flag works exactly the same as a windsock <laughs> maybe flying little airplanes is not for you oh yeah yeah and what and what did he say to that he'd already walked off like mumbling and cursing yeah. the kiwis of course you got to all <laughs> don't you know fraser when something goes wrong always blame somebody else you know the amount of things that i've been blamed for by people this year is hilarious you know that oh, apparently i've been trying to ruin people's lives or something i don't know what i've done but anyway that's what you got to do. You, if something goes wrong, always find someone else to blame. I didn't crash my plane. It was you that made me yeah. because you looked at me funny. That's why I did that video. That's why the whole video that I did about my jet crash was a lot of people sort of, you know, shun, you know, hide their crash and they went, that stuff, and I'm going to do a video on it. And I turned it into a piece of fun, right? And that's, that's how that all came about. But anyway. Well, okay. well, the question is, did you, what happened with the flag? What's that? What happened with the flag? Oh, it flew all through the competition. Yeah. And uh, we won. The, we, it was the Trans-Tasman event. We won. <laughs> and you took the driving back. <laughs> and then at the end of, oh, actually, I, I can't remember if we, if we, I actually think that what happened was at the end of the week, I handed the windsock back to the club president and I gave him the three mil grub screw <laughs> and the little bat and we just buggered off and left the flag flying. Well, they would have had to. <laughs> oh, hang on. No, no, okay. So actually the night before the competition ended, we went back over in the night and we laid the thing over and we put the windsock up, but the Kiwi flag was flying under the windsock. So I don't know how long, uh, but I would imagine it would have stayed up there for three or four years because they would have had to lay the pole over to get it down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. So did you pr did you bring the flag with you? Oh, everywhere we go, we always take New Zealand flags. Yeah. This is amazing. That, that, that's a big effort. Like, And, you know, I wonder who, I, who, who came up with that idea to put the Kiwi flag on there. Oh, I mean, look, when I went to the flying field in, in Brisbane, you know, a couple of months ago, we were practicing at the Larks Field at um, at Logan. Fantastic flying site. was awesome. So we only had a day practicing there. But, as, you know, as soon as I get out of the van, first thing I do, pull the Kiwi flag out, march march over somewhere by the flight line and cable tie it in place. It's like landing <laughs> on the moon. We are here. Yeah. <laughs> that is great. That is great. Okay, tell us about the, uh, the next story, Brisbane. Okay, right. This is this one's about bubbles. <laughs> now, oh, no. this is nothing to do with Michael Jackson, so yeah. don't get excited oh, about that. Good. Okay. Good. So, one of the most awesome competitions that I ever went to 
in Australia was the Queensland Challenge, and it was a competition put on by uh, Howie from Desert Aircraft. And uh, it was an IMAC competition. It was at Coolum. This was at their old field before they got moved a little bit. And uh, it was in August, September. It was at the time of year where the weather in New Zealand was absolute rubbish. But we all flew over to Brisbane. And next thing you know, we're in shorts and jandals going, wow, you know, this is awesome. Anyway, so um, Aussies put on a big barbecue one night uh, for the Kiwis. There were there would have been about seven or eight Kiwis at, at this event. And um, you know a guy from um, from Brisbane called Richo. He's actually from, uh, yeah. where's he from? Bendigo. He's from Bendigo. Richo, he's, yeah, he Richo lives is. up in Brisbane now. Anyway, so there's a bunch of Aussies have got this house that they've rented, and it's near the beach near Coolum. Anyway, we come around there. And uh, they fed me kangaroo. They told me it was steak, and then they're laughing. I'm eating it, you know. And oh, Bogan just ate kangaroo. I'm like going, oh, no wonder it was jumping around on the plate. So much. <laughs> anyway, so what was really weird about this house that they'd rented is it had this thing called a plunge pool. And I've never seen one of these pools before. It kind of went around two sides of the house, and it was this great big pool, but it was only about I don't know, half a meter deep. So you couldn't like dive in it. You couldn't swim in it. Hmm. So what's the story with this pool? It's like, is it a pond or is it a pool? Ah, oh, bogan. Oh, that's a plunge pool. And I'm like, yeah, okay. What's a plunge pool? A plunge pool. Oh, it's so hot. You just sit around in the pool, and it's only half a meter deep, and and it's like just like a paddling pool. I'm like, okay. Anyway, <laughs> I said, oh. What does this button do over here? Oh, those are the bubbles. Those are the jets. So I, I pressed the I pressed the button and pressed it. You know, this this is a really decent sized pool. Anyway, so <laughs> okay, we've had dinner and we're, we're washing the dishes. I'm helping dry the dishes, and I see a bottle of uh, sunlight liquid. Do you have sunlight liquid for washing the dishes over there? I think so. Yeah, just you Something know, washing like up that. liquid. Yeah. Anyway, I thought, oh, this will be funny. I'll I'll go and squirt some oh, in that no. plunge pool out there. There's always while one the jets in the are group. going. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so I'd add I'd add a few beers. No. Anyway, I, I I squirt. I give it a little squirt. <laughs> a little and, squirt. Um, yeah. Bubble, yeah. No, nah, not 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 really much happened at all. Actually, it was pretty disappointing. Anyway, what are you doing, bugging? Oh, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> you know. Anyway, <laughs> okay. So back at the competition. Oh, hang on. Bloody hell, someone just go away. Stop emailing me. Okay, try to tell a joke here. So anyway, back at the competition the next day, a um, couple of Kiwis disappeared for a few hours. And uh, I'll mention them by nickname because people in New Zealand know who they are. So there's a guy called Brownie. He, he was the ringleader. And a couple of young guys, one called Wang Can Jong, because he, when he was young, Wang Can is all he could handle. And then the other guy, Moped, that's his nickname. And, and there's a joke about, uh, you know, what happens when your mates catch you riding a moped. Anyway, so that's his nickname. So these guys disappeared <laughs> from the flying field, um, came back about two hours later, smiling, laughing. Anyway, I, I didn't really know what was going on. So last day of the competition, none of the Aussies are talking to the Kiwis. And I, I could tell straight away when I got to the flying field, something's going on here. Why why <laughs> why does Richo seem like he's really pissed off with all the Kiwis? 
Anyway, what about lunchtime? Richo, is there something that you need to tell me? Oh, you bloody Kiwis went round to our bloody place yesterday. Did we? <laughs> no, I don't think we did. You bloody know, Bogan. No, I don't, but I'm going to go and find out. <laughs> anyway, so, turns out bloody Brownie and one can of moped. <laughs> the previous day, they went down to the local IGA and they bought two massive bottles of bubble bath, like four litres of the stuff. They bowled up to the Aussies' house. Now, of course, the Aussies aren't there. They're all flying. They jumped over the fence. They dumped four litres of bubble bath in the plunge pool, hit go, right, and just scarpered. Anyway, when Richo got home that night, the bubbles had come over the fence and down the driveway to the, all the way to the letterbox, right? Oh, and no. <laughs> anyway, so he, he goes, you, you, you bloody Kiwis. I'm like, what did we do, Richo? Oh, there were bubbles everywhere. Bloody poor Jules. This is Richo's Mrs. Jules. She was out with a mop for hours and hours on end trying to clean up all these bubbles. Anyway, <laughs> in the end. Well, <laughs> the Kiwis got sent the bill. The, the, the pool had to get drained, and I was laughing because I'm like, oh, this is a brilliant joke. I wasn't involved. I know all about it. So, But like in in uh, in Queensland, if you've got one of these plunge pools and you drain it, you can't just chuck the hose in and, and turn the tap on. Oh, no, that, that costs a shitload. You have to get a tanker to come around uh... and, and refill the pool. So anyway, that was the uh, the story about the bubbles. <laughs> Bubbles and cool them. So the moral of the story is watch out when the Kiwis arrive to an event. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so yeah. you you got out of it, though. Oh, well, I said, look, Richo, I, I had no idea it was happening. You know, I've I've passed the baton on. Yeah. These guys have, have – have, but, you know, what? so what we did was we uh, we invited them round and, you know, come on round for a barbecue with us and we, 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 we give them plenty of beer and we fed them plenty of steak and – and everybody except for Jules, who had to do all this mopping up, was yeah. was was pretty happy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that is terrible. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Were, were they were they drunk when they went to go and buy the the you know washing liquid? Oh no, the, sorry, no, the they, they, no, they went. They, it was it was. They probably thought of it the night before when they'd had a few beers, and they thought, "Oh, we're going to go. Yeah. You know, we're going to nip on down." IGA, we're going to get some bubble bath. We saw Bogan drop a few drops of sunlight liquid, and we saw there was potential. So, you know, they they, they, they they cunningly went and did it during the day. So when the Aussies turned up, there was just like bubbles just absolutely everywhere, all the way down to the letterbox. I would have, oh, I would have loved to see a photo of that. So you're the master. <laughs> you are you are the ringleader, and they're just learning. You're passing <laughs> on your talents to the next generation. <laughs> That's a great one. Well, Fraser, always love your stories, and and I I know there's probably heaps more as well, but we'll save them for another time because you're going to be back. Like you're my go-to to have a bit of fun. Uh, so it'd, it'd be rude not to. I, I I've I've got one saved. Uh, I've got a story about Melbourne. We'll 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 as well. We'll save that one for next time. Yeah. It, it, let's just say it involves a guy called Worms and a guy called Lurch. Yeah. <laughs> And I love it. You're still going with the nicknames, which is good. So, you know, keep keep up the good work. Fraser Briggs, it's been a pleasure to have you on this final episode for 2022, the wrap-up episode. We've covered a lot of stuff that we've done. You've told us a few stories. That's it. We can close out 2022 on a good note. 
Thanks, Fraser, for joining me. I'll just have the last word here, and it goes like this. Do, 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 do. I've got my bag, do, 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 and I'm leaving. Do, do, do. <laughs> How does the song go? I've been practicing it all year, and I've forgotten. About to leave, already packing. Come with me, I'm not really asking. We'll get away to a place where we don't know. Another episode of the Flat Out RC podcast done and dusted. That's a wrap for 2022. A big thank you to Fraser for joining me. He's always welcome on the podcast, and I know you enjoy uh, listening to him as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of laughs there, and uh, always enjoy enjoy Fraser, spend time with Fraser. It's going to be a big year in 2023, I think, with um, some big events. The, the, um, the F3A World Champs will be a big one. Uh, I noticed they just moved uh, the event away from the casino airport to another another airport names escape me but anyway we'll talk about it next year so that's going to be a big one all the um different teams are being finalized the australian team might be finalized we'll get some some of the uh competitors potentially to come and join us and i'm promising aaron gale get him on to have a chat about um about the event closer to it uh look 2023 if i can encourage you to just keep on getting involved with your local flying events no matter where you are um events are a great thing i'm hoping to get to a few events this year I didn't do a lot of flying this year, unfortunately. We did have a lot of bad weather where I live, which prevented me from going flying. I had some injuries, which prevented me from going flying as well. And of course, a lot of other commitments to, 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 to get into. But uh, this Christmas time, I'm hopefully going to get out there. And I've got a lot of planning. I've planned a lot of flying uh, over the Christmas holiday break. Uh, speaking of breaks, I'll be off all of January. Uh, so just to, to rest and we'll be back in February, the first week of Feb. A big thank you to all of you for listening and subscribing and talking about subscribing. Get on board with the Flat Out RC movement. Subscribe to this podcast on whatever platform you're involved with. Uh, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. I'll still be putting some stuff up on the, uh, on the old Instagram, Facebook uh, over the period. Um, but uh, a big thank you to everyone. Really uh, appreciate you choosing to listen to this podcast. I hope you have a Merry Christmas great holidays a happy new year all that kind of stuff stay safe stay well and uh above all get out flying just go and enjoy our wonderful hobby and i will talk to you in february 2023 see you then